Orgasmic Enlightenment, where the sexual and spiritual come together. I'm Kimanami, and I'm a holistic sex and relationship coach and a vaginal weightlifter. In this show, we explore all things intimate. I believe that our sexual energy is life force creative energy, and we can use it to shape our worlds, strengthen our relationships, and self-actualize. I blend the most avant-garde information from neuroscience, ancient sexual practices like Tantra and Taoism, to renegade wellness modalities to show you how to create gourmet sex in your lives. Come one, come all. Can a relationship recover after infidelity? Can it get better? The violation of trust in a relationship is one of the hardest things to recover from. In my view of relationships in the conscious gourmet sex perspective, radical honesty is everything. We share, we're vulnerable, and we open up our deepest selves to our partners. We don't play games unless they are intentional and have safe words, and we don't hide. There's no point. What is there to be gained? I did a podcast a few weeks ago called The Aphrodisiac of Truth, which is based on the concept I call the lie of a lie. This means that when people lie, they think they might be getting away with it, but really, on some level, everyone knows everything and all they are doing is creating congestion and interference in the space. The fabric of the lie is written on the invisible but tangible canvas of the relationship, always. Even small lies, even white lies. People don't know sometimes why they don't trust someone or feel uneasy with them, but their body and their higher self know exactly why. In the average junk food sex relationship, sins of omission, dishonesty, hiding and avoiding the truth, game playing and manipulation are really the basis of the relationship. And I have seen situations where the existence of infidelity was tacitly accepted, meaning don't ask, don't tell, and if you don't get caught, it doesn't count. In the cultivation of an Anami-style conscious monogamy relationship, we bring everything to the table and our beds. We show up as authentically and honestly as we can. We go deep and we begin to exist in the sacred territory of powerful alchemical connection when our beds become the power source for our entire lives. We are reborn again and again through our orgasms and the deep connection we have with ourselves and our partner. We experience the life-changing results of cataclysmic self-actualizing sex. When two people have this kind of connection, this gourmet sex, holy fuck type relationship, infidelity does not happen. Okay, let me make this extremely clear. It cannot happen in this space. There isn't any room for it. The only place infidelity can happen is within a relationship where the couple are out of sync. Their relationship has already devolved, or maybe it was already like that, always like that, to the place where they tell white lies and outright lies and hide parts of themselves or their whole selves. And then, of course, they need a place to be their actual selves because they can't be in their relationships. And so they stray. They look outside of themselves and out of their relationship for intimate connection. 
So when people say, and maybe you are one of those people, that they were blindsided by their partner's infidelity, this is utter bullshit. If you felt blindsided, it's only because you have accepted and perpetuated a subpar relationship and a life of white or outright lies for so long that you got used to this way of being, of denying, of looking the other way, of withholding your truth and your vulnerability, that this has now become your default way of existing with yourself and your partner. Your relationship is likely built on a foundation of don't be honest, they can't handle it, or you can't handle it. You might hurt the other person's feelings if you tell the truth. Don't ask, don't tell. If I don't get caught, it don't count. Or they probably know on some level the truth and are okay with it. And this is actually true. So cop to this. Both of you accepted a relationship that was less than and hollow to some degree. And look, most people don't know what they don't know. Most people have no idea why or how to even create a conscious, holy fuck style relationship. They fumble around and struggle and model what they see around them, be it from their parents or families or the TV and movies. And these tend to be unconscious relationships that are the repetition of absorbing beliefs, traumas, and programming. And this is why many people think that monogamy doesn't work. And they're right. This idea of a relationship, this kind of monogamy doesn't work, but I wouldn't call that actual monogamy. I would just call it a shitty relationship. I talk about the idea of conscious monogamy, and this is using your intimate connection, your intimate relationship as a vehicle for growth and transformation. It serves to bring out the highest potential in both of you. In a conscious monogamy relationship, things can't really devolve to the place where infidelity could even happen because you don't let that. You have the tools to clear the space, resolve issues, soothe emotional wounds, and to communicate in a deep and profound way ongoing. And you know how to use your orgasms as tools of healing and transformation. So another way of saying this is that no one gets cheated on. In fact, I don't like, and I don't ever use that term cheater or they were cheated on. This person got cheated on like, because that belies the fact that both people contributed to the demise of the relationship to get to the place where there was so much distance between them, so much unsaid that the final physical act of engaging with somebody else was part of a long list of slights and separations that were already going on. Anais Nin has a great quote about this. Love never dies a natural death. It dies because we don't know how to replenish its source. It dies of blindness and errors and betrayals. It dies of illness and wounds. It dies of weariness, of witherings, of tarnishings. So in a conscious monogamy relationship, the couple is so close and connected that they can feel very quickly when something is amiss between them. It's like the story of the princess and the pea. Because they have an ongoing commitment to removing debris out of their space and their bed. But in a typical couple and a more disconnected relationship, they adapt to sleeping on a bed of rocks. The lumps, the pain, waking up with a stiff neck and their back thrown out, 
this starts to feel normal. This is another layer of the normalization of dysfunction that I often talk about. We maladapt and we don't know what we don't know about how good it can be to have the total open and free flow of connection and bliss to be truly seen adored and cherished. But once you know, you know, and you can't go back. So how do you go forward? How is it possible to move past infidelity and create an even better relationship? Years ago, a couple came to see me and the man had stepped out on his wife. He had certain sexual desires that he was afraid of sharing with her, and so he didn't. He didn't want to risk her leaving him, which was something that had happened in the past. So these desires stayed locked up inside of him until they eventually spilled out into online chats and emails and then meetups. She found out and confronted him. At first, she was hurt and upset, and then the more they spoke about it, she saw the underlying issue of him not coming to her and communicating. So they spent a lot of time talking about this. They came to me and we talked about it some more. We explored all of the places in their relationship where they hid from each other and where they had walled off parts of themselves. Going forward, they committed to radical honesty and ongoing communication in all aspects of their lives. They came out of this phase in their relationship feeling closer and more connected than ever. They were open and they shared and their intimacy grew tenfold. They were in a much better place than they were at any time in their marriage. And now they had ongoing tools to use to maintain this space and to keep evolving it. So in the current cultural paradigm, what typically happens is that one person steps out. If they get caught, which they often seem to want to, <laughs> they are labeled a cheater. Everyone blames them, including friends, parents, family, and most therapists for being the dishonest one and the deceptive one. But let's look more closely at this. What if the other person had been withholding sex or they'd had unresolved trauma from their past that they had refused? to deal with, or they were withholding their emotional openness. They really took that stance of, let's say, what do you call it? Stonewalling, right? Like the silent treatment. And so there's all kinds of ways that people can withdraw from the relationship, right? That do not necessarily look like the classic cheating kind of scenario. But these things are also ways of not being committed, not showing up, and not really being present in the relationship. And so all of these things contribute to the relationship becoming at an impasse. And I have often seen with couples where they, no one typically really wants to go out and step out on their partner. They have often presented their partner with the option to change, to seek therapy, to heal, and they refuse. The other person refuses to really step up and step into the situation of doing the work and the examination and the healing. So we can, like I say, effectively say that this person has withdrawn their commitment to the relationship, at least to the growth and evolution of the relationship. And this is why 
why I say that one of the fundamental commitments in the conscious holy fuck relationship is the commitment to growth. We both commit to and prioritize evolution and transformation. If we aren't committed to growing, then we are committed to stagnation. There is no middle ground here. Grow or die. So the thing that gets missed in the common finger pointing at the cheater and the blaming and like really reinforcing the victimhood of the cheated on is the couple as a whole and both people's choices to create the relationship they have. How has the other person played along with a tacit game of don't ask, don't tell? How is this actually advantageous for them? Did not being truly honest or vulnerable seemingly keep them safe? And did allowing for this kind of distance and existing behind walls protect them from being truly open-hearted and risk being hurt? So this is not to say that I at all condone stepping out in any way, but I'm just bringing up the very crucial point that in the paradigm of radical self-responsibility, we look at each of us and that these things do not exist in a vacuum. Both people participated in the de-evolution of the relationship, right? So in the clean slate, honest and open terrain of the conscious holy fuck relationship, there is no room for this kind of mishmash, hiding, rationalization, self loathing omission bullshit, right? Like every lie and every not showing up and holding back paints itself on the terrain of the relationship. These kinds of transcendent partnerships where you have to have the courage to speak and express and call each other out are not for the faint of heart, which is why most people avoid them and then they whine that their shitty relationship and their shitty version of pseudo-monogamy doesn't work or that humans weren't meant to be monogamous or whatever other rationalizations they come up with. Infidelity is a symptom, just like I view sexual ailments such as reproductive growth or lacks of orgasm or premature ejaculation as symptoms. They indicate blockages that need to be worked through or an opportunity to heal that most people often turn away from. So turn toward. The only way out is through, as Robert Frost says. My view of relationships is that they are unique and incredible opportunities for us to face our demons and to grow. Together, our intimate partner is there to provoke and trigger some of our deepest wounds and to bring them to the surface so they can be healed. We are either in a relationship where we perpetually turn away from these opportunities or where we commit to turn towards them. In my salons, much of the work that we do is about clearing space. We deep dive into this excavation work to clear away debris and junk and long ignored issues that have been sitting dormant or rotting for years and even decades. We roll up our sleeves and we get in there and we clean house. And sometimes we build a new house. The old one is often built on the illusions and misinformation people have absorbed about the nature of relationships. And the new one is built on radical honesty, courage, open heart heartedness, multiple life-changing orgasms, and awakening and self-actualizing. 
So the answer is yes, it's totally possible to get past it and to build an even better relationship than you had before. Because the truth is, if the weeds of infidelity were there, the growing conditions were also there for them to happen. The garden of the relationship has been neglected. If you tend your garden and you nurture it, you create fertile ground for all kinds of abundant growth. And even the weeds can be medicinal if you know how to use them. The Coming Together Salon is now open for registration. In my 10-week online salon for couples, we cover all aspects of creating conscious relationships, including communication techniques, healing the wounds of the past, masculine and feminine polarity, and how to create sizzling chemistry, and how to have full-body tantric-style orgasms from across the room and the planet and much more. So to check it out and sign up, go to kimanami.com and look for sexual savant salons and then click on coming together. The salon begins in two weeks. Are you coming? Thank you so much for listening. If you haven't already, subscribe and also leave a review and send someone else the gift of a healthy libido and an off the charts love life by sharing this episode with them. We'll be back next week. And in the meantime, many happy orgasms.